It's like a kingpin. Like, yeah. no, you stay in your own turf. I don't care what you do outside of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't come in here. Upstairs is mine. You kick upstairs, and I'll leave downstairs alone. <laughs> we want anything to accidentally fall downstairs, if you know what I'm saying. What was the name that we gave him? Like, oh, Pork Chop Sanford. So, yeah, Sanford Pork Chop the Third. Yeah, Esquire. Esquire, yeah. Sanford Porkchop Esquire. With his monocle and his sash. Mm-hmm. And he's secretly running everything. Man, you should get that fat fuck a sash. Oh. A cat sash. Oh, my God. Cause that just says pork chop. Well, just right across. <laughs> or a bandolier. You should get him some bullet bandoliers. And a fucking sombrero. Hell yeah, dude. That's oh. going to be the maddest cat alive. He is going to absolutely hate you and claw the living shit out of you while you try and do that. I put a t-shirt on him once, and he just sat there like this. Great for an audio medium. No, but he was looking at, oh, we're on. Yeah, (laughs) we've been on for a minute. He's been fucking stared dead at me like, you son of a bitch. If if you lay down and I got a claw near your throat, you're dead. I said, we were having a good fat cat conversation, so I decided to hit record unbeknownst to you. (laughs) That's all right. No, but you see, I thought they were going to like fight because it's like a a young cat, you know, and he's got to get fixed. Yeah. I thought there was going to, no, because a fat cat actually hit him so hard in the head that I heard it across the room. Jesus. It sounded like, you know those little, you know those little commemorative baseball bats they used to give out? Like yeah, at, yeah, the mini bats. Yeah, the mini bats. It sounded like somebody wrapped a mini bat on the side of the couch. It was like, pat. And I looked, and because the young cat had gotten near Fat Cat's food, and I didn't oh, even no, know. no, 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 no. And I did not know Fat Cat could even move that fast because I, I heard, pat. I'm like, and it was Fat Cat. He just cold cocked them. And now he was, they're friends-ish. They can be in the same room and they'll sit within a foot of each other. So they're, you know, tolerating each other's presence. But I think the young one just had to be like, you know, you didn't let know what's up and who's up, you know? Yeah. So basically Fat Cat's like Shaq. Mm-hmm. Like he's enormous, but somehow like, oh, he's incredibly like agile for his entire size. And not only that, but he's like, a, I went and, you know, I picked him up. Occasionally, I have to pick him up. Like, I want to cuddle on a couch or whatever. And I picked him up, and I thought he would be all spongy fat. He's like a little power lifter. Oh, yeah. That cat is a uh, cinder blocks with tiny pencil legs. Mm-hmm. But, in, in, like, if he taps you now, a cat's will headbutt your legs to, for attention. Oh, yeah. He's moved me more than two inches on a snap. I, w- I weigh 200 pounds. He moved me. <laughs> He's like, boom, boom. Hey. Bet me, motherfucker. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, okay. Just don't smother me in my sleep, please. So, the, to be perfectly frank with you, I- including yourself, your cat is my favorite feature of your household. Well, it, well, it should be. Pork chop is a fucking joy. He is an absolute treasure. And he is he is nonplussed by anything. Oh, that's not true because I chased him around your house pretty good. Well, for him, yeah, he's just kind of odd shit. Ah. Who, who is this maniac who at the time I'm pretty sure I had a mohawk? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Just stoned his balls at like, what, 1030 in the morning chasing a fat cat around the house? Ah, that cat. You know, he's moving around more too because I now that the other oh, cat's there. great. So now he's just going to be muscular because he's carrying around all that weight so he has no choice but to like also be bodybuilding while mm-hmm. walking. Yep. Oh, we're in trouble now. If he had opposable thumbs, we'd be fucked. I mean, mm. it wouldn't surprise me if you came in and you were like, hey, my cat just has thumbs now. I'd be like, well, that sounds about like any story that James has told me. Why not? <laughs> and I'd bring pictures, too, and the cat would have thumbs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Followed oh. by, look at these cool shoes that I got. Oh, yes. Uh, um. And speaking of unnecessary footwear, hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino. I am the other one of your hosts. Oh, oh boy. James Blind James. said it twice. I, I, first of all, I need, I need to start. Before we start, I would like to apologize to everyone for having chosen the Rob Zombie yeah, oh, We haven't even featured. said what we have done, are doing here. I know, <clears throat> but I apologize in advance. So being a horror podcast as we are, 
we've uh we tend to ignore a lot of uh mainstream films mm. but we decided to take a look at a uh rob zombie double feature mm. Mm. so we passed on house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects because, fine fine films yeah i guess they're whatever i mean house of a thousand corpses is pretty much texas chainsaw which yeah. whatever it's fine it but, looked cool but with his own personal rob zombie stank on it mm-hmm and I think we both agree that Devil's Rejects is fine, if not pretty good. Yeah. And uh, the Halloweens, we didn't really feel like doing Halloweens. So right. we decided to go with uh, the next chunk of his career, uh, Lords of Salem. And next week we'll be doing 31. Little mm-hmm. Rob Zombie back to back. Yay. But this week, James, mm. it's Lords of Salem. Yeah. I didn't even write down the year. Was it 2012, I think? It was 2012, 2013, I think. Uh, written and directed by Rob Zombie. Starring Meg Foster as Margaret Morgan, Bruce Davison as Francis Matthias, and Sherry Moon Zombie as Heidi Hawthorne. Heidi or Hawthorne. Adelaide whatever the fuck Hawthorne. Yeah. So, James, mm-hmm. before we get into the film, mm-hmm. I-, I wanted to ask you a general question. What is your level of engagement with just Rob Zombie properties in general, or Rob Zombie projects? Um, prior to being a horror movie reviewer, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'd seen him in concert once. It's when he had the, that girl bass player. So, White Zombie. Yeah. That's, I, I, knew, I knew some songs. I thought it was a cool sound he had. I thought his um, aesthetics were cool, like, you know, like his shirts were cool, and and all the stuff surrounding it was cool. Like he had a, a real cool eye. Kind of like I don't know if you're you're into the Damned at all. Uh, yeah, uh, they're not one of my favorite of the like early mm-hmm. punk bands, but yeah, I, I dabble. I but dabble in the Damned. They well, you know, like all there were a bunch of bands at the time that delved real deep into the horror themes, and and all the merchandise surrounding them, everything surrounding them was just visually cool. And that's how I knew Rob Zombie. You know, and then I saw, granted, I saw House of a Thousand Corpses and I saw the other, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's got it again, that, that whole aesthetic, that kind of sense of humor, that kind of. The, the uh, white trash dirt bag kind of horror sleaze. Well, and you know what? He's got a lot of feeling in his movies. Um, I understand that he used to run with carnivals when he was younger. And he's got that kind of, and when I say carny trash, I mean that with love. Right. I, I, I worked on a couple of crews. And, and he had a lot of the patter, the shit, some of the shit that you would think that was the most ridiculous things you heard in his movies are actually some of the ways carny people talk without, you know, and plus they got the secret lingo too. But so he's got a real aesthetic for that. And if you're familiar with like circuses or, or carnivals in general, um, he's got that really cool aesthetic. So I, I know, I guess, I guess I would say I know him more as an aesthetician rather than an artist. That, that's what I was... Like a curator of th- cool shit? That's kind of what I was getting to a little bit is... Uh, and I don't think even he would take offense to this, but Rob Zombie's whole thing is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. Yeah. It, it, it's an aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I was trying to say esthetician, but I couldn't get it out. Um, so for this, I actually went back and I have listened to some White Zombie and solo Rob Zombie records. Mm-hmm. And now that I've seen a good number of his films, I can safely say that uh, not for me. No, I, I find a lot of White Zombie and just his solo music to be almost borderline unlistenable and very, very not my thing. The kind of groove and whatever that his music has yeah. like it, it's like it's almost like a drone like a it's like a drone and, and a hum it's like a, a repetitive yeah. it's, it's almost like the like when we talk about that if you think about the a, a song in this quite movie. as good ministry right but it was all it was all of an era too right but yeah it was all, a lot of that kind of long dragged out real percussive right. syncopated but still you couldn't, is that a note? Is that kind of a chord? What is that noise? Well, it's one long thing, so it must be part of the song. Right. So then I will get to the immediate question that I have is, hey, James. Yeah. How'd you like the Lords of Salem? Yeah, meh. <laughs> yep. It, it did some stuff that I didn't like. It did some stuff that I did like. It had performances that I liked, and the performances, I'm like, the fuck? And I, I was just like, they, they just 
committed some cardinal sins that I don't like in movies, and I can peg one of them for you before we even start. Yep. Uh, I, Your favorite. I do not like this movie and whatsoever. I don't. I and don't um, you know exactly why. But moreover, I very much feel like this is a response because Rob Zombie was kind of pegged as being a one uh, one trick pony uh-huh. as far as that like grimy, white, trashy, whatever feel. Mm-hmm. So this was it, this is just my estimation. His attempt to be a little bit more serious and make an artful film. Mm-hmm. But not being like a very, very seasoned filmmaker, I guess. Maybe just not having the eye for it. It's not as visually appealing as it could be if you put it in the hands of a, uh, uh, like I don't mean to say a real director, mm-hmm. but somebody who very much understands uh, camera placement, movement. Uh, well, uh, speaking to that, um, he would just come off the Halloween movies. Bad taste in his mouth. He, he you know, he, he dealing with whatever he had to deal with with all that bullshit. And um, he was finally, he, I guess, this script he'd been thinking about, just the idea, the the title Lords of Salem. He'd put it into a song, and then it never really fleshed out. And then he, I guess, he got with Blumhouse, and he wasn't used to doing a movie real quick for that cheap. But he overestimated how good he was going to be at. Yeah, fuck, I can make a movie for two million. He'd never made a movie in less than 35 days before. And he's never had a, you know, he hadn't had a budget less than $7 million probably ever. Right. And I think that affected this movie because they even said one, they were going to expand it from, they were going to have a big front half and a big back half. But one of the people died. So they couldn't do the wraparound, so they had to rewrite part of the movie. I'm pretty sure you are talking about Three from Hell. Because that's exactly what happened with Sid Haig died. The, that's the mm-hmm. third. Uh, no, no. not. Um, it was not Sid Haig because Sid Haig was in this one. It was the old guy, the real old guy at the real the beginning. Remember they're doing the, uh, yeah. the 1699 scenes? Yeah. I don't okay, remember okay, the name okay. of that actor, but he'd used them before. And when he had them up there, he was trying to make sure he got money because it was an older actor probably needed some cash. He was blind. He didn't know how bad he was. He had died like while they were filming, so they couldn't do the wraparounds. Oh, right on. So this okay. is different from the Sid Haig story. This is actually about this one. I say because I know that's very notoriously kind of what happened in Three from Hell, which oof, I we we had briefly when we were talking about doing Rob Zombie said mm-hmm. Three from Hell, and I immediately was like, I don't want to watch that. I again. don't blame you because it. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the other one because I watched most of the other one. I've only got like thirty minutes left. Ah. So <laughs> let's yeah. get down to it, James. Mm-hmm. Fuck this movie. Yeah, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. This commits one of the biggest sins in my eyes that films can make. I smiled. I smiled so big when I figured it out. I'm like, ah! I'll bet you did. Oh. I was immediately mad, like, as soon as it began. I had seen this before, and I was mad then, and even more so now. This does the, well, what if there really were witches in Salem? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Stop it right now. Mm-hmm. Those were brutal murders by religious fanatics. Mm-hmm. You knock that shit off immediately. <laughs> there is a way in which to do stories with witches. Mm-hmm. This is not it. And, and, and the idea of witches in folklore are in almost every single solitary culture. Mm-hmm. You could have done something with that. Yeah, uh, your whole dirtbag motif, set this in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Boom. Oh. That almost immediately alleviates the problem. It's not like he hasn't already set stuff in desert towns. Exactly. Uh. But the going ahead and saying that, yeah, there were really were witches in Salem. Uh. Uh, no, absolutely not. Those are murders. Yep. And I don't know if it's the uh, distance from which we are, you know, time-wise that makes it less appalling but i mean hundreds worldwide not just in salem right. hundreds and thousands of people were burned alive well we got to think about it too because um, of religious belief and i know that this movie touches on that whatever no nope. that does not mean that you get to go back and say that there were 
actual witches. In a, mm, sorry. Well, no, no, that's cool because funny, funny thing is um, when he went and researched it, he researched Salem witches, right? All this crazy shit with the, you know, lighting on fire and the spiked helmets and all that. That was mostly in Europe. You know what they did here? They hung them. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now, were they tortured? Some of them tortured and pressed? Yes. But it wasn't this big, huge, giant torture chamber. You know, all this cool visual Catholic shit that you see in the movie. Because that's not how they did it here. They were puritanical. They didn't have none of that shit, you know? They're right. like, you're dead. You're a witch. Hang. And that's the kind of thing that just immediately makes me mad. You want to do stories with witches? Mm -hmm. Watch The Witch. Or have the witches be empowered and not a uh, thing of Satan, you know? Mm -hmm. Or the witches as a, a I, I don't know, they come and save everybody because, well, other demons are coming. That's their place, you know? I'd, I'd watch that movie. Mm -hmm. <sighs> now, my second major, major complaint with this movie, pick a fucking lane. Mm -hmm. Pick a goddamn lane. You don't get to throw everything in the fucking pot and then see if it makes a good stew. Think this out beforehand. Are you making a creature feature or not? Mm -hmm. Why are there creatures in this? Yeah, pointless creatures. Exactly. Why? Mm. You have talented actresses because we'll get I we'll get into performances but I really oh, yeah. do think that Sherry Moon is a talented actress. Right. She is good in this film. Let her do something besides just kind of stare at a floor. Right. And you know actually I I will have to say this about Sherry Moon's performance. Traditionally you see her as the the carny trash or the dumb whatever. And she gave a whole different vibe in this movie, which was cool. It's probably and probably closer to who she is, really. Yeah, it's, she was given the opportunity to play an actual person. Yeah, yeah, and that it's, was kind of neat. She's very. I mean, good. They, they've been fucking D. Wallace in this goddamn movie. Uh huh. Ken Faree's in here. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh god, my brain just stopped. It was somebody else, and I was trying to remember. It was a really big deal to me. Now I can't remember who it is. Yeah, I mean, there are good performances, but. Pick a lane. Mm -hmm. You're trying to do these things with these. Oh, Meg Foster. Meg Foster. Yeah, she was in the. Yeah, we yeah. named her in the credits. Yeah, but okay. Why are the creatures here? If the creatures are here, make them applicable mm -hmm. in real life. Uh, give Sherry something to do besides just kind of look depressed and sick and mm -hmm. mopey. Have her. Do something out of the ordinary besides have a weird dream and then wake up. And, and again, you know how much that pisses me off. Pointless. Is it happening or isn't it? Like once or twice, okay, I'll give once for a story. Twice, you're pushing it, but if you're good, I'll pull it. Three or four times, what the fuck is the point? Now I don't believe anything. Screw this movie. It's, it's I thought of this cool imagery that I want to put into a film. Shit, how do I write this in? Yeah, and how do I make it okay? Exactly. How do I justify showing her just standing in front of a neon cross with her arms out like Frankenstein? Mm -hmm. Or why, why did, okay, it was probably an homage, but it was ham-fisted as fuck. When she was, they were doing that right in front of the, the George Millet Man on the Moon thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why? I mean, it looked cool, but it was fucking pointless. Uh-huh. It, it, it didn't, it just said, hey, I know something about movies. Not, nothing specific to have anything to do with the movie. It would have been clever if they had used something from the cabinet of Dr. Caligari or, or something else that was more evocative of the tone of the movie. But that, I'm like, come on. Right. And, I mean, just the opening sequence of uh, these witches dancing around and it's dirty, naked old women mm -hmm. dancing around a fire. Like, yeah, man, we've seen this. Mm -hmm. We've seen this a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I would like to see something new and along with, and this is something that I find to be true. I personally find to be true among all of Rob Zombie's work in general, mm -hmm. kind of a teenage almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Almost purient. Yes. Uh, explicit for the sake of, for the sake of being over the top. Oh yeah. And whereas like when we watch Baskin, Baskin's over the fucking top, mm -hmm. but they have a message. Right. At least, uh, I know you didn't like the story, but at least there was kind of a story. Yeah. In this, it's a lot of imagery that we don't need. It doesn't do anything to move the plot along besides show us something that it 
is uh, not even disturbing, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Right. And, and not only that, but it, this was, if they'd have just changed a little bit, it could have been, you know, those crazy Italian giallos we watched. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been more Fulci-like, because it, it, started, it started giving Fulci for a minute, you know what I mean? It was, it was you, 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 I saw bits and pieces where it could have fucking just took off. And it didn't, because instead of following a theme, it said, next cool piece. We'll do this theme for five minutes. We'll do this theme for two minutes. We'll do this theme for six minutes. And hopefully, maybe we'll pull it together later. And it lacked the one thing the other, all other Rob Zombie films I had seen had that this one had a little bit, but seemed to be lacking. And it's that tongue in cheek. Hey, we're making a movie. Hey, this is kind of transgressive, but we're kind of funny. Hey, remember Basket Case? Well, look at this. You know, and I appreciate it for that. You know, that's why you go to see a, a, a Rob Zombie film. You're going to see, you know, cool shit. And, you know, it blowed up real good kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. This didn't have as much of that. There was tiny bits of that that humor. It was tiny bits of those homages. But they fell flat because it wasn't enough. And that's what I'm saying is I think that this is very much his response to criticisms of just, okay, well, all he does is over the top, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, that's that's your brand. That's yeah. what you do. Do that. Right. Because when you're trying to tone it down, you're kind of showing the cracks in the armor mm-hmm. a little bit. And that maybe he's not such a great storyteller. <laughs> and, and again, it's one of the main reasons that I found the story very much lacking is, once again, they don't give Sherry anything to do. Nothing. Just She's kind of a set piece. She's wandering around, and she's supposed to be the one who's bringing about... Uh, uh, the bleed anti- me a baby. Yeah, bleed us a king. But she doesn't do anything. She just gets sick and mopey throughout the whole thing. Give her something to do. She has... And I had to... She has um, no agency. None whatsoever. It was foretold. She, it just kind of happened to her. She doesn't fight it. It just happens. Keeps happening. She never really does anything about it. And, you know, you, you could kind of, any movie, if you think about any movie long enough, it can be an allegory for whatever the fuck you want it to be. Right. Granted, they, she showed she's battling addiction. This movie, whole movie could be a battling, you know, for, but it was fucking but it pointless. Wasn't, though. It was just one little part of it that, again, it didn't need to be there. It didn't mm-hmm. serve a narrative function. I think the only, the only, the only connection I can make is the powerlessness over whatever it is that's taking over the lives and affecting everybody around her, killing her and everyone else. Sure. I'm just saying you have to fucking look for it. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it's not like, like the last movie we saw was evocative in a thousand ways, specifically in a thousand ways that you could, you could pinpoint. This one's evocative for the sake of being evocative for nothing. It, it, it's just like, it's a, 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 if you bedazzled the garbage can, it would be shiny and kind of look cool until you got real close and it's still a garbage can. Uh-huh. And uh, it, when... Uh, no offense, Mr. Zombie, I'm not making a movie tomorrow, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, congratulations on all your success. Hell, fuck yeah. But, again, in like the big scares in it are... I feel like it's stuff that we've seen before. And, and it was telegraphed like a motherfucker. Exactly. And... One of the things that, again, and I don't know who to blame for this, is also like, yeah, we get it, dude. Sherry's hot. Mm-hmm. That almost, it's the uh, second sequence in when we're first introduced to her. She's just laying naked in bed with thigh highs on. Yeah. And I was watching that with Kayla, and the first thing she said was, oh, that's bullshit. Those thigh highs are, com- those are the first things coming off. Nobody's comfortable in that. No. And it was just, again, like dressing her up, again, not having really any agency, dressing her up as this kind of mm. showcase yep. when, man, you could just have her act. <laughs> yeah. Have her fight it a little bit. Have have some kind of fashion between her and, and whatever the, this, you know, this uh, curse that's been put on her bloodline or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, or killing people for this coven we yeah give her something make her a baddie at least yeah have her do something besides have a headache mm-hmm. and sit in front of a refrigerator on the floor <clears throat> yes yeah like you do and uh, i i don't know why 
the uh, other radio DJ was such a prominent character. Like, I get that it's a friend, Mm -hmm. but in this situation, she should be kind of withdrawn and, like, everybody worried about her and not regularly seeing her, right? Right, right. Because she's still, like, going to work and shit. Like, this goes day by day by day by day. Yeah, I had And again, nothing happens to her. About the timeline, because, yeah, nothing happened, nothing happened. It it just, mm. And... I don't mind, I've learned to appreciate a little bit of slowness if there's a payoff for the slowness, you know? Mood, mood, mood. Oh, shit, fuck. What'd you just do to me? God damn you, you know? This movie was slow. If there's something creepy and I can't figure out what's going on, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. Like, I know the general premise. Like, I know what's happening in general, but like, who is this character? What do they want? When we start introducing the coven, like, yeah, man, I've seen Rosemary's Baby too. Yeah. I I get it. Although I loved watching those ladies chew fucking scenery. And oh my God, Maria Conchita. I'm always still fucking slapping, homie. Because that, that again, that was one of the only scenes that I really enjoyed when uh, she goes down and is introduced to them. Narratively, I couldn't give it. Couldn't mm-hmm. have given a shit. But the performances in that oh. entire scene are fantastic. Oh, yeah. D Wallace just being a maniac. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, I've always had a thing for uh, the mighty Marita Conchita, and she is still bringing it. Whew, sorry, I'm ha- I'm having a moment. I got the vapors. So, does part of this kind of it, because this is something that I thought about during this too? Does part of this kind of remind you of somebody who's seen a few David Lynch movies and thinks that they can just do a weird movie? Hmm. Because some of the insane set pieces, like when she's walking into that red church and there's the little gooey goblin on there, like... Well, take a look at... This kind of looks like some David Lynch shit, but also, like, David Lynch's stuff is, like, you can kind of put together a general narrative theme of whatever his weird ass is trying to do in a movie. I'm feeling more Fulci and Argento. Because I would see him watching an Argento film before a Lynch film. But see, I don't know, man, because that final, like, theater thing, that's like a... A real Lynch thing to do. Hmm. I, I don't have enough. Like I've only seen a, like two or three Lynch movies. All right. I think I saw Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. Those are good ones. They are, but I mean, I don't have like a big Lynch catalog to go. Well, yes, because I've got I've seen more Fulci and Argento than I have Lynch, right. and I so I I'm more apt to see those things in it than a Lynch. So James, I guess one of the other questions that I really have is uh. What is this movie about? About 20 minutes too goddamn long. <laughs> That's fair. Because there is the extended like, oh, you've directed music videos before scenes. Mm-hmm. And he's going to fucking ride the goat and the goat turns That's in. exactly what I'm yeah. talking about, James. I'm, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that didn't even work when those videos were coming out, motherfucker. No. It, it's too, you're, first of all, you're too well lit, okay? If you're going to do a weird goth fucking bit, Darken that shit up a little bit. Take the neon out on me. Uh-huh. No, just no. That aesthetic doesn't work with this. No. Nope, it sure doesn't with all the like dark grainy film that they had tried to do before. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. fucking late 90s Rob Zombie music video montage. And you go, oh, well, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, and, and the band that they had at the end of the fucking movie. I'm like, no, oh, Jesus, just stop. Man, I had such a hard time making it through this one, James. I... Because you know me. Mm -hmm. You know that I really genuinely do, like, very slow-paced movies that really crawl under your skin. Yeah. But this movie is super-duper lacking any sort of creep factor, and it's such a bummer. Because just a few fucking... uh, modifications mm-hmm. and you can make this a very very creepy ass movie but instead yeah. he decided to be very blatant and uh put his wife in face paint <laughs> and have a black metal singer licking her neck and, mm-hmm. and just man that all falls apart when you're trying to do the, like an artfully shot movie because th- there was there was a, a huge tone change for that and i'm like well it didn't need to be there they they just lightened it for no reason this isn't the, and it wasn't typical lightning that uh, a zombie film would have. You know, there was no tongue in cheek. It was just like, I'm going to make this cool video. And, but it is unlike the tone of the rest of the movie. 
and they didn't crazy it up enough like a giallo to make it work that if they would have gialloed it and they popped that music sequence in there and everything else was that bad shit fucking a i'm down or had there been any follow through on what was happening with the women in the town because it goes out over the song that hypnotizes all of them goes out over the radio mm-hmm. and we see sequences of women stopping what they're doing, dropping everything and being just absolutely entranced by this music. Yep. It plays a major part in the film. That's what Bruce Davison, like that's what gets under his skin mm-hmm. is this weird song that he heard. And the, the name, the Lords of Salem, which also not the official name. That's just the name that Ken Furry gave them on the radio. Yep. They were just, that was the Lords. I think it said on air or something. Exactly. Yeah, my God, Jesus, this movie, just pissed me off by not being enough of anything. Exactly. Had they cut down on trying to show us anything like shocking, which also even by 2012 or 2013 standards, not shocking visually. I I was watching this in the living room with my wife. The kids were downstairs and I'm like, are those guys rubbing one out with wooden dicks? What's going on? Oh, Jesus. Oh my God, James. I laughed so goddamn hard. I know I'm laughing too. Cause my wife, like we'll watch movies and sometimes like the last one she fucking got caught halfway through and she couldn't she put down the phone and everything stopped this one she just kept looking up with an irritated face just like the fuck are you doing and then when that i'm like honey are those are they rubbing one out and she's like yeah it's not supposed to elicit laughter you're supposed to be oh that is so transcendent that is so transgressive Uh." i'm just like it's funny so were, were those supposed to be like bishops of hell? I don't know. Because it's never, cl- I, I to my mind anyway, again, I wasn't paying super close attention because I had zoned out quite a bit. But what is the goal of this coven? Cuttlefish babies. Okay, so <laughs> she's just immediately pregnant and gives birth? Yeah, that's how that works, don't you know? Virgin birth. Okay, and then all either the- that or no, she rode the goat, homie. Oh yeah, she rode the goat. That's fair. So I, you ride the goat, buddy. You're gonna you're gonna bleed a king. That's all I'm saying. I suppose so. <laughs> Man, this movie sucks, and I really wanted it to be better because again, I had seen this years ago, dude. If it was campy, man, I'd have fucking been down for it. Yeah, again, it needs to pick a lane mm-hmm. because you give me a, like a very deep, psychologically disturbing story, which you could do with this. Oh, God, yeah. Make the drug addiction a little bit more prominent. Make it to where we don't know if she's losing her mind or not. Nobody's seen her. Uh, you can cut out Bruce uh, Davison completely. Yeah, put Maria in another role because I'd really want to see her more of her on screen. Thank but you. see, you could still keep the coven. That oh, would yeah. be fine. Bruce Davison serves no purpose. He figures out what's going on, shows up, and gets murdered. Right, and so and that's he, the end of it. His discovery goes to who for what? No, that was just exposition for us. Yeah, it was just filler. Yeah, but it's like well, here, let's give him some more information. Let's let him discover shit, and then we'll kill him, so he won't be able to tell anybody. So his entire thing was pointless. Exactly, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, in horror specifically. It's okay to not know exactly what's going on. It's mm-hmm. okay to have that air of mystery where you go at the end, have the thought, well, I don't know what the fuck that meant. I guess I can interpret it X number of ways. And, and the best ones that we've seen give us just enough. Exactly. Just enough. You know, they don't withhold. They don't, they just give yeah, you just Terrified. That. Terrified. Perfect yeah. oh, God, fucking yeah. example yeah. of how to do that. Mm-hmm. Give us just enough. But when in the opening scene you effectively spell out your entire film, mm-hmm. I don't care for that. Well, other people have done it. I mean, we've watched many movies that they tell you exactly what's going to happen. And fucking, we don't care. I want to see how they did it. Exactly. This one, I didn't care. No. And the Because it eliminates the need for a slow burn mm-hmm. immediately. And what happens, too, is... Um, yeah, and- we're not unraveling a mystery. You told us. And it's the devil. In his other movies, his characters were all giant, larger-than-life, cartoony, just big, blow-out, evil, whatever. Yeah. And that works, okay? 
none of these characters have interior lives, it seems. None of these characters existed outside of whatever it was that they were doing for the moment, and there was no humanity to them. You remember, I remember, again, the last one, I, I was talking about how the, the characters were human. They were not, by nature, good or bad people. Yeah, they were cannibals, but they, they, they had humanity. There was no humanity in this movie, but they were trying to push humanity. But I felt nothing. I'm like, well, she didn't even try to fight it. What the fuck? You know? Or so, uh, Another interesting turn you could take, because yeah. I thought of this while... The first time they bring uh, the record that she gets home, mm-hmm. and uh, what was his name? Whitey? Yeah. The other DJ tries to put it on, and it skips all the way back to the middle. It doesn't work until she puts it on. Yeah. Puts the record on. You could have held that thread. You could have had her put it on and it play and him say, like, oh, I don't hear anything. Have her be the only one who hears this music that's bewitching her. Because otherwise, there's no need to bring in the entire town. There's no reason to have it go out over the airwaves. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for any of that. And it uh, solidifies the, is she going mad or is she falling back into addiction? Right, because at no point in this, there was ever any fucking question it was happening. We, even with the visions and the doubting of what was happening in any given moment, the reality of the movie or the conceit of the movie is that it was actually happening. We never doubted. We never thought she was crazy or that it was because of the drug addiction. No. And, and again, that took away from it. I wonder if it's because he had to switch a whole bunch of stuff out. He was going to bookend it with something heavier, well, but I had mean, to pad it with that or... Maybe, but then, like I was saying, you have the opening scene being your witches doing this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Shove that somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Give us this mystery of, okay, we're starting with this woman. Who is she? What is she doing? Oh, she got this record. What is going on? She's having visions of these witches. Yeah, and yada, then, yada, yada, yada. And then her progress. name would make more sense because we only know her as Heidi, but it, it was Adelheid. Adelheid such and such, you know. Hawthorne. Yeah. Now, because it went from Heidi, which could, you know, Heidi Hawthorne, uh, you know, wow, it's a, a Marvel woman. But um, it could have been just any kind of name. But that Adelheid is a very, you know, puritanical that that then you're like, oh, wait. Then you put two and two together when they and then they'll show you that thing. That would have fucking been great. Right. And I mean, again, the I know it's the Rob Zombie brand to just be in your face. But again, it the in your faceness of the. Just straight up the devil. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you're not like commenting on religion. To me, anyway, it doesn't feel like you're not commenting on religion. You're not commenting on really what happened in Salem. You're not commenting on anything. You're just flat out saying the the devil. Upside down crosses are cool. Look, there's a pentagram and some naked ladies. Yeah, look, a whole bunch of rats in a hallway. Woohoo. And, and then a picture of a girl with a bunch of mice running away from her <coughs> in, in a pictogram. Like, yeah. Cool, man. Great. This isn't artsy. I, again, it reminds me of, do you remember when we talked about They Live in the Gray? Yeah. And I made the argument that it's people that had seen like art house films. Well, we could do that, but again, don't quite have the understanding of why things flow like they do mm-hmm. in some art house movies. That's what this reminds me of. Very much so that like, yeah, you, you, you nailed like where to put the camera and mm-hmm. to have static shots and when to like kind of slowly zoom in, but you're missing the point, I think. Yep. By adding all of this, sometimes bonkers, sometimes crazy shit, mm-hmm. but then going right back into slow burn territory, which doesn't work because you already blew it. And you know, traditionally, like, before I watched a bunch of these, the gore effect would have fucked with me for days. But it was too well lit. It was too much of, you could actually see too much of what you were supposed to be looking at. And that took away because I'm so used to having better editing to where you don't really see it, but you kind of see it before and after, but the cut's quick. You thought you saw it, your brain filled everything in and, and it's much more gruesome. When you see it, see it, you're like, oh, I can see the shine on the prosthetics. Oh, that's a, oh, wow, they used the such and such for that. Oh, I wonder how they got the glue under there. You know? You're- the, when uh, there's the shot where she's walking into her kitchen and Meg Foster's corpse, what have you, is standing on her counter behind her. Yeah. Like, that, that's not shocking to me. 
No, and it's, and it's a, it doesn't look great. And I get that you had the camera kind of up high, almost looking down and at a strange angle, but you're you're missing some oomph on this. Mm-hmm. That I feel like the entire film is kind of that, just that one particular scene shot is kind of indicative of the whole thing. And you know what was strange that I I'm thinking about in retrospect is um the sound design was interesting for the music and the voices, but like um. I, you don't if it's done well you don't notice it like the foley effects of things moving or you can hear footsteps or just normal sounds you would hear in scenes a lot of those are I think about it they're not really there there's just so much other stuff going on that and it I, I think it takes a lot of depth out of the movie for me because I need to hear you know kind of it, again it's it be, you don't notice it ever because it, if it most people do it well so that it's part of it. And if, if it's missing, it's missing. And it's just like, oh, fuck, that's another thing I didn't like about it. The sound design was not good on a lot of things. Yeah, and I, I once again want to just stress that, I, I mean, we watch a lot of, like, real heavy, serious movies, mm-hmm. too. And it feels like a lot of this is, like, a teenage, goth teenager's take on a lot of things and what, a like, a, a goth new metal teen would think was super, like... It, uh, cool. It, mm-hmm. it, it, the thing that kept popping up into my mind was uh, the uh, I'm 16 and this is deep kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, because you know, again, this is I'm I'm old. Yes, and and um, I remember I remember when Goth was a baby. Yeah, and, and I, I this was the part of Goth I didn't. I was way off into whatever the fuck I was doing by the time this shit came out. Uh, it was just like I had missed that entire scene, so it was just kind of fun because I'm watching it from the outside. So, oh wow, hot topic, cool. Yep, and yeah, all her cool T-shirts and mm-hmm. the girl wearing a Primus T-shirt, and uh, she's got a Slayer thing on her fridge, like, and, and just the the black metal dude in there. Oh, what killed me though is they played two um two Velvet Underground tunes in there. Yeah. Sure and it did, and it fucking threw my wife because I just heard the opening notes, and it, there was a period from like. God, I think they reissued all the Velvet Underground shit in like 84 or 85, and I owned all of them. I lived each, because I, Lou Reed, I could take or leave, but I fucking, for some reason, loved the Velvet Underground. Have you ever heard the album that he made with Metallica? I, I tried to avoid it. You should listen to it, James. Okay. The first lines of that album was, hey, I would cut my legs and tits off. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wow, um, you should stick with rock, Lou. Uh, metal's not your scene, homie. Oh, it's not metal. Okay. It's weird. It's uh, it's bad. Uh, yeah, Lou Reed, I could very much take or leave. Most of his stuff I don't care but for. But it threw it because like, they played the opening notes, and I started singing it like right away. And my wife just... Shining, shining. <laughs> and of course, yeah, it's that song. So uh-huh. that they can do a, that cool dance. And like, yeah. man, again, you're missing the point of like, artfully shot films like this isn't adding substance to your characters no but not in my estimation but to me you put velvet underground in a movie i'm okay with it you know i'm just like oh okay but i I, I just of course i knew that shut up don't judge me yeah all it it very much seems like this is a movie that you would watch it like 17 and be like oh i get all the themes in this like yeah man they spelled it out for you Mm -hmm. there wasn't much to uh wasn't much to unpack here Oh, look, I'm so smart. I figured this out. But I will, you know, I'm sure, I'm kind of glad that he picked like that big Catholic, anti Catholic imagery. I'm glad he took the ideas from European witch hunts as opposed to this because the puritanical stuff was just dribby drab. Yes. Yes, indeed it was. So I'm glad he didn't go specifically with whatever was happening in Salem at the time because although if it would have toned it down, it probably would have made it a little darker or something. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I again, I don't hate this movie. I a, as a film, it's fine. I hate the theme once again. The there were witches in Salem. That's dog shit. Is it happening? Is it not? Ah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, like no, I get it. They were dream sequences because she's bewitched. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I follow what's happening. You're not being sneaky. 
And, yeah. and putting the day markers in between, I don't think helped your film. Uh, mm. Sometimes that very much helps with pacing. Right. However, I think it really fucked this up because had there been some sort of time distortion, it would have, again, added a little uh, welcomed confusion rather than just flat out telling me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and jerking off dildos. <laughs> The fuck God. out of here. Oh, man. Muppet digs. <laughs> yes, I was so, making a jerk-off motion because, you know, good good podcasting. But but again, I just as a film, it is the most, like, refined Rob Zombie, I think, that and I've I, seen anyway. And I will tell you um, some of the performances. Oh, again, where else are you going to get to see D. Wallace beat fucking uh, Bruce Davison with a fucking pan? Oh, my God. And I was running around <laughs> singing an old... An old bebop song. Hey, Joe. Let's see. Never mind. I'm not yep. Gonna do it. <laughs> you sure you don't want to continue? Yeah, because, you know, I was just thinking the end of the song is knock him in the head with a frying pan, and, you know, it's just kind of sexist. And it was from the 30s, and I was like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't sing that. Uh huh. <laughs> like all the old, like, Irish drinking songs, and you hear them, and you're just like, well, that was just an entire song about beating your wife. Yep. Well, actually, technically, uh, the refrain was every time he raised his hand, she knocks him in the head with a frying pan. So, oh. Hey, Joe, yeah, he nearly lost his life when he argued with his wife because every time he raised his hand, she knocked him in the head with the frying pan. And I was singing that because after the second one, pank, because they used to do like a drum hit on that, and it sounded just like the pank when they hit him with the, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, shut up. And I really love that, like, the landlord and the lady was like, ah, good. And D. Waltz is just like, ah, that felt good. Uh, (laughs) Like, man, she's been waiting to wail on someone for a while. and, And the physicality, oh, Anytime you make D. Wallace your muscle, I mm-hmm. guess I'm here for it. And I'll tell you what, she's a good starker too, because when she gets pissed, I'm like, oh dear. Yeah, um, I'm going to be over here. She got the look. I'm not going to know. So, uh, James, and be honest with me, because I'll be honest with you. Uh-huh. Did you actually like watch the last like five minutes of this? Because I'll be honest, I tuned out so hard. I don't know how it ended specifically, and I don't care. Well, you saw him hold up the cuttlefish baby. Yeah, I, that's about where I made it to, and that was a, about when I zoned right the fuck well, out. You didn't miss much, because then they cut to credits for a second, and then they cut out, and they say, yeah, 36 women committed suicide at the such-and-such such theater, such uh, what's-her-face, uh, Heidi, such-and-such, such, Hawthorne's gone missing, no traces were ever found. Oh, so so there was kind of a wrap-up for the town's women. Yeah. Huh. There was a come up, but it, it was tacked on. Yeah, you could have given us something about like all the women in town acting strange or like forming some sort of like crazed mob. Something, mm-hmm. something that would have or been interesting. Put the seeds that there's a new coven in town because the old guard got killed, so the new guards are becoming. Yeah, something. Yeah, because then that would be like, oh dear. Okay, that that's a nice little bookend. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, if you're going to do like, uh. She's going to have the devil's baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're going to do that in a modern sense, I mean, I think House of the Devil did it far more elegantly as like a f- slow burn. Yeah. Speaking uh, of D. Wallace. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, James, Wallace. do you have any final thoughts and or would you recommend the Lords of Salem? No, nah, you know, this isn't even one. If it came on, I'd, I'd switch it. I, I would find something to fuck else. I I would too. And ultimately... I think with the lack of uh, like depth mm-hmm. and a completely inconsistent tone and uh, giving our main character nothing to do, I ultimately find this movie very boring. I couldn't even put it on as a party movie, you know? Like, you know how you put on a movie that's not great, but there's some cool scenes to look at? Kind of like, this has some cool scenes to look at. Yeah, I right? would throw on Devil's Rejects at a party, easily. Yeah, but I wouldn't put this one on a party. It doesn't even stand, it doesn't even stand up to that. No. It's it's not serious enough. It's not crazy enough. Mm-hmm. It's just or funny enough or offbeat enough or anything. No, it's just it, it's not enough for me. And again, ultimately, I had a hard time making it through it because I would doze off for two three minutes at a time mm-hmm. and have to rewind and go. Oh, I didn't miss anything. Well, this movie looked like okay. You got ten people in a room. Pitch, pitch, pitch. Everybody, give me ideas. What do we got? What do we got? Okay, we get her in there. Okay, we're gonna do this now. Next, next, next. What, 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 should, we, what should we do next? What, okay, fucking yeah. Let's let's get the yeah. We'll get the witches in here now. Okay, 
next. More ideas. More ideas. Oh, yeah, that'll fit with the and, other one. Cool. And, and if I if I'm putting it together right, number five, the empty apartment was where I'm guessing Jonathan Hawthorne or whoever lived. Yeah. Yeah. Never tied in. Who cares? Yeah. It, it just didn't go. Nope. Mm-mm. But you know what does go? Hmm. Us. Yes. And it's time to go. But yes. before we go, hey, James. Yes. Where can people find us? They can find us at horrorvomitspodcast.gmail.com. I really tried to transition there, and it okay. ended up with me being, a, once again, a stuttering dill hole. We've got a Facebook page. We're on all the little podcatchers where you can listen to your little podcast. We like all the stuff. Oh, your little podcast. Yeah, all the little oh, podcasts. Oh, your stupid fucking podcast. Oh, you bastards with your fucking podcast on the thing. But anyway, um, give, give us five stars or five words. Those are beautiful to have. Yeah, and uh, it, it really will help the algorithm get the word out, and then uh, people will listen more, and something will happen, yeah. presumably. And I'm just awaiting the uh, the last submissions uh, to put uh, my little zine together, and we should have that out in the next couple weeks. I see you staring at me, you piece of shit. I wrote it, and I sent it to you twice. I'll double-check on my spam folder. Uh, also, you can find me streaming Diablo 4 on Twitch at horror underscore vomit underscore Chris. And as always, uh, please go check out uh, www.becomingemilymovie.com. And next month, I will be doing the same thing with the Diablo. Ooh, indeed. We're going to be on. Uh, Yeah, because guess what? Tomorrow's my birthday, and my mom sent me some money, so I'm going to go buy a PlayStation. Tomorrow's your birthday? Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you for sharing that information. I'm glad that we're such good friends. I'm old. (laughs) What people don't know is that James and I, outside of here, secretly hate each other and try to kill each other at every turn. It's it's a fucking bear. You set up traps every time I come up the goddamn driveway. (laughs) It's like spy versus spy, but then we come together for a meeting of the minds to Mm -hmm. discuss movies that we sometimes don't like. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I deactivated deactivated disclaimers before you put them in last time. Oh man, I am oh. super looking forward to it. next week, everybody. Thirty one. Oh fuck me, check running. it, check it, check it out, check it, check it, check it out. Wicky, wicky, wicky. Man, I think we've been just push the thing going on longer. We've enough. had enough. Uh, yeah, we're a little short the on thing. time. Push the re- thing. Really, who gives a fuck? Because no. I mean, what else are we going to say about sucked. this goddamn movie? I, I fucking hate it. This so movie much. can eat a bowl of whatever genitals it finds distasteful. Hey, hey, now we don't what? need to be blue here. We don't need to get lewd. Okay, I'm don't sorry. be lewd, James. Sorry, lewd. Push the thing. The what? Push the <laughs> button. Oh shit! I missed. Did- <laughs>